0: I want to talk to you tonight about unwrapping uh, the gifts that your Father has for you. Aren't you glad He gives gifts? And uh, and the concept of returning to these benefits, I want to just remind you, the lamentation tells us that His mercies are new every morning. How many you know that's true? And the Scripture says that great is His faithfulness. And we find out in Isaiah chapter 53 that uh, there are benefits to this atonement. That what he did on the cross for you and for me, what he did through his scourging, what he did through the things that he went through, that he suffered, he had shed his blood. The question is, what all is in that blood? And I'm here to tell you that there are amazing things in that blood. Yes, Listen to me carefully. The gifts your Father has for you are blood-wrapped and love-wrapped. Yes. Well, amen. That's right. And all I know is I'm not going to leave any of them. Amen just sitting somewhere aside on a table or under a tree so I'm going to open up everything that he has for me. And you have to make up your mind. Don't look for approval from men or from religion to applaud you. You just focus on what God says you can have and what God says you can do when you can receive. And make sure you take advantage of everything because a high price was paid for you to have it. The greatest, most precious thing that was ever, ever made available in this earth is the precious blood of the Lamb for you and for me. And just uh, while I'm on this, uh, there's this little religious thing that floats around every once in a while that says something like this, that it's all about God, it's not about you, God doesn't care about you, you know, it's all about Him. And if you emphasize you, then somehow you're getting out of bounds with the Scripture. Can I tell you something? God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are up in Heaven doing just fine without you and me. There's nothing that He benefits from in doing what He did. He sacrificed for you and for me. So let's just knock off the false humility that says, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it's all about Him and praise the Lord, how do you get It's not about us. It really is about you. Yes, it is. Yes. That's the whole reason He came. You think that He did a self kenosis in coming as an infant, emptying Himself of his, of his power so that He can operate by the Holy Ghost, go to cross for you and for me, if it was not about benefiting you? Stay away from religion and just stick to the word of God. Turn to somebody and tell them, stay away from their religion, religion and just stick to the word. Now, can you become selfish? Yes. If all you care about is unwrapping your presence and you don't care about helping other people unwrap their presence. Amen. Going back to what I said Sunday, there's power in an invitation. It's great that you're saved, but how many other you know lot of people in murray Calvary County that are not saved? So let's help them unwrap that first and most precious gift, the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, and pass it on. That's the error. The error is not saying he did this for us. That's not the error. The error is he did this for us and I don't care about other people. That's the mistake, the selfishness of this. So he did everything he did for you and for me. He was perfectly fine. He was perfectly whole. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. He does not need us to complete him. You need Him to complete you. And other people need Him to complete them as well. So in that blood is just an amazing array of benefits. Say it with me. They're blood-wrapped. They're, blood-wrapped. they're, they're, blood-wrapped. Wrapped. they're love-wrapped. Come on, shout out. They're blood-wrapped. They're blood-wrapped. And they're love-wrapped. they're love-wrapped. A high price was paid for you and for me. Amen. Your mom and dad may have you know, worked hard or a friend may have worked hard to buy you a gift at Christmas, but listen, nobody ever paid a price like he paid. That's right. How unbelievable would it be for your father your mother, maybe? You remember old layaway plans that Kmart used to have in Walmart? And they lay away, and they lay away, and they lay away, and then here comes Christmas, and you're so thrilled, hallelujah, to go in there and pay it off and bring it home, put it under the tree. Amen? Nobody knows the stories like Western Auto, Montgomery Ward, amen, and Kmart. <laughs> yeah, Kmart and Walmart and the layaway plan. The layaway plan has been the salvation for many a parent trying to have a Christmas for their kids. And could you imagine going through all that effort, going there week by week, putting money down so you can bring those presents home for your kids, and those kids don't even bother unwrapping them? Uh It's not about me, Mom and Dad. It's not about me. Now, I can tell you as a parent... I wouldn't like that. Now, I remember when Timothy was real little and he had his first Christmas over in Hopkinsville and we bought buy him all this nice stuff. All he wanted to do was play with the boxes. Yeah. Same effect. Yeah. Amen. But one day, they, they take interest on what's on the inside as well. And I'm just telling you that to do that to the Lord is really egregious yes. because he did far more than put something in a layaway plan for you. Incidentally, he does have a layaway plan for you, and it's a good one. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine what's on the other side if what he has for us is this good glory to God so we don't want to get into this little religious mindset that it's nothing about it, it's all about God worship, yes you should and you should also be ready to share what you have been given with other people so they can be impacted as well why can we be confident in this because we know that Jesus became a curse for us the Bible says in Galatians 3 that he hung on a cross, he became a curse for us Curses everyone that's hung on a tree He did this in order that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Amen. The curse has been removed and the blessing has been restored. And in that blessing are all manner of good things. Think about it like this. The blessing is the invisible force. Amen. It's actually the thing that produces the good things in your life. When you're seeing the trees rustle, you understand that? The rustling of the trees, that's not the blessing. It's the force that causes that. And that blessing is on you because of what Jesus did. That blessing should be producing in your life. And if you don't see it producing in your life like it should, you need to just dig in tonight and listen to what I'm having what I'm talking about and make your efforts tonight, you know, more than ever. I'm gonna unwrap what God has given me. Amen? Say it with me, there's something on me. Okay, say it like you mean it. there's something on me. And it's the blessing of God. Shout out, no curse here. In Jesus' name. So we need to remember, is what the psalmist said in Psalm one hundred three. We need to remember and praise God for what He has already done. Listen, when you go to Psalm one hundred three, and that's where I want you to go tonight. I mean, you can say it's become one of your favorites, and it should because it's it's covenant language. that shows you glimpses of the atonement that was even provided through the blood of animals. Now, how many can agree with me tonight that the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the blood of animals? But this is what they enjoyed through the atoning sacrifice of an animal. In Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And he goes on to begin to list those. So he's not saying that uh, one day Jesus is coming and he'll die and you'll get benefits. What God is saying is, I have already given you these benefits. What we're saying is they're even more powerful and greater under this new covenant, a better covenant, than even under the old covenant. The blood of the lamb is superior to the blood of a bull. Can I have an amen? Amen. And what it should be in your heart tonight is to resolve, you know what, I am not going to give up anything that he died to give me. I'm going to press in and lay hold of it. Now, some people do is they believe this, you know, for a season. Then, when the enemy pushes back, they get discouraged because things don't manifest on their own timeline. Don't pay attention to clocks, Amen. Don't pay attention to calendars. Just keep your eyes on the Word of God. If you stay with the Word of God, sooner or later, God is going to manifest these things in your life. Mock all they want to about Jesus' return; He's still coming back. Mock all they want to about the promises and the power and the miracles and the goodness of God it still manifests in people's lives who hang in there. Turn to somebody and tell them, hang in there. Come on, tell them boldly, hang in there. This is not time to give up or quit. It's a time to just double down on what you believe in your heart is true from the Word of God. What I'm saying here is, God had already done these things. Before the cross. How much more is He willing to do them post-cross? post-resurrection. He would do this based on the blood of an animal because of a covenant he had with his people, how much more because of the new covenant. And he's telling them, remember, not, oh, I want you to think about this, it's coming. He's saying, remember and praise God. And he's telling you this, that sometimes you have to make your soul do what it doesn't want to do, or what it's too lazy to do. See, your victory is determined by how healthy your spirit man is any given day. And your spirit man has to be in a position day by day to tell the soul what to do instead of the soul always telling the spirit what to do. I don't feel like going to church. Shut up. You know what? You're just the soul. I am the the what? I'm the only part of this human being, this one here. That spirit man is the only part that's perfect. Did you realize that? The spirit, man, is already perfected. It's already glorified. It's the only part of you that is. So why should a non-glorified part be bullying the part that's glorified? Sometimes you have to tell your, your what? Your flesh to shut up. This body to get in line. But you also have to learn to tell your soul to get in line. Well, I want to do this. Well, soul shut up. We're not going to contrary, you're not going contrary to God's word here. I, well, I feel this way, I feel that way. No, it's time to stop that. We're not going to run our lives by feeling. Well, I think this. Well, if you think contrary to the Word of God, soul, you need to shut up. Let's all do it together. Soul, soul shut, up. shut up. But you know, the reality is no one else is going to tell you to do that. Bless the Lord. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, you shut up and bless and praise the Lord and forget not all his benefits. You go to thinking there are no benefits that are not for today or they've passed away or they're only for certain special people or you never know what God's going to do or He only does this to prove His divinity. Soul, shut up. Amen. You're functioning in the soul realm and you need to function in the realm of the Spirit. Amen? So what I got to talk about last week was the fact that He wants to give you this extravagant life exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate. God's mercies are beyond reasonable, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those 11. Take the grandest thing you can think on this earth, and that doesn't compare to what he has for you. And it's all his idea. Amen. It's good to be saved. But the reality is, he has plans to do things in you and through you and for you on this planet, and he doesn't have this this mentality that the people, you know, in the religious world have. I I caught just a, a glimpse of an interview that Oprah Winfrey and I say, God bless Oprah. God bless Oprah. Why? Because she needs it. Yes. She needs to be reminded there's only one name given under heaven among men by which we must be yes. saved, and start using her platform for the glory of God instead of the glory of humanism. I just almost swallowed my tongue when I hear her pressing in on Joel Osteen. And said, how do you justify what you live in and how you live in this grand piano that you have and all these things you have? And he just smiled and said, well, we just, we just know it's the blessing of God. Now, in the world, I would have turned the tables on her and said, how do you justify it? Miss billionaire, what are you doing with those assets to advance the gospel? Do you see how this works? Um, Just in Joel's case, everything he has is from book sales. Mm -hmm. Has not ever taken a salary from Lakewood Church. Somebody writes a book that's ridiculously stupid and anti-God and anti-Christ and makes a bunch of money off of that. People celebrate what they buy with those sales. Criticize Joel because he, he earned the money on a contract with a publisher who saw the potential in what he was doing. And that's how he was able to live the blessed life that he's living. You know what? Instead of criticizing people, we should thank God that He's blessing them. That's right. And then we should say, you know what? If God can do it there, there's yeah. a very big reason why a lot of Christians aren't blessed because you can't stop criticizing people that are. Right. Not just talking openly on book, a stupid book, I'm talking about <laughs> in your inner conversation. Yes. Yes. Even on a smaller scale around people in your family. Mm-hmm. People around town, they don't deserve that. Bless God. And I know for a fact, that person is a heathen. <laughs> You don't know anything for a fact, first of all. And instead of doing that, just press in. All that is in the realm of the soul. And your soul is not serving you well. Amen? Your mind has to be renewed. Your emotions have to be submitted to the things of the Spirit. And your will has to be submitted to the will of God. And you have to do it over and over and over again. You have to believe that these promises are actually for you. Smith Wigglesworth said, I have an extravagant God with extravagant language to make an extravagant person. Wow, amen. Say with me. He is wonderful. He's he extravagant. He extravagant. And he wants you to open up your gifts. Amen. amen. Don't be an ungrateful, spoiled child. <laughs> Say it with me. I hadn't seen. We haven't even begun to understand the, the wonder of what he has for us. Amen. Now, you can have as much or as little of what he's promised. That's entirely up to you. I would recommend that you lay hold of everything. Amen. Amen. If you're religious, go to the next step and get born again. If you're born again, don't stop there. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, don't stop there. Amen. Become a word person where you live and breathe and function in the realm of the word. Amen. Be on fire for God. Be consistent for God. Develop yourself in the things of God. Expect God to use you in the gifts. If you're you're at that level, then go to the next level where God begins to use you to minister to other people and develop other people in these things. Always growing, always developing, always wanting more in the things of God. Um, That's what his will actually is for you and for me. But nobody can make you do it. All we can really do is just set the table for you. Amen, there's some good stuff on that table. I said there's some good stuff on that table. it's about that time that the cynic and the critic, you know, and the soulless person will say, well, God puts a bunch of junk on that table. No, God didn't put the junk on the table. Read your Bible. There was nothing in the Garden of Eden but nice things on that table. Anything on that table came from two sources. Satan or us. The good stuff came from whom? If there's poison on the table, it didn't come from him. I know God will beat you up just to prove he can heal you. No, he won't. He'll run you over just to prove that he can bring you back to life again. No, the God, your God does not need the tools of the devil or hell to teach you anything. He uses his word and exhortation. Now, if you go through a tough time or a tough spell or a hard situation... He can certainly continue to teach and develop you in that and through that. But just because he can do that doesn't mean he's the author of it. He's not the author of your pain. He's not the author of your disappointment. He's not the author of your problem. He's the author of your life. He's the author of your faith. Amen. That's part of the problem with this conversation I'm having right now. Is that Even to this day, a lot of people still don't know the nature of their God. And they confuse the nature of God with the nature of the evil one. Amen. And how in the world can you believe God for anything if you think he's the one causing you all your problems? How? You can't. You've got to understand that he is good, and what he does is good. Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is poisonous. (laughs) Taste and see that the The Lord is good. And Scripture says he's good to all. All the heathens in town, he's good to them. They just don't realize it. They don't stop to think about it that he, they're uh, drinking his water and breathing his air, amen, and being warned by his son. Um, you often will hear people say, well, you know, it rains on the just just like it does on the unjust. That's a Western mindset polluting a scripture. The interpretation of that is it, it rained out my golf game, so it's a bad thing. No, it's an agrarian foundation because it was the basis for their agrarian surplus and economy was based on agriculture. If it didn't rain, everything falls apart. And it's interesting right now, Lake Mead out west is dried up. The Euphrates River is about to dry up completely. You say, why is that significant? It's one of the biggest signs that your Lord is on the move. Yes. Better get ready. That's right. I said, better get ready, and better be inviting people. Invitation's a powerful thing. Amen. Amen. Christmas Eve, somebody's life can be totally changed. Christmas Day, somebody's life can be totally changed. But, brother, it's going to be cold. I can't get out in that cold. Jesus can hang on a cross naked for you. Jim Caviezel suffered pneumonia and repeated frostbite, dislocated shoulders, he had heart issues because he took that part and we can't get out of our beds so other people can get saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've made this whole church thing so complicated. Yeah. Yes. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to have this method. Got to have that method. Got to ask this expert. What does Madison Avenue It's real simple. Get people under the preached word of God and the spirit of God will deal with them and deliver them and save them. Amen. Amen. But it doesn't make any difference what's being preached if they're not there to hear it. Amen. And it's hard for you to get somebody to church if you're not there. It's so simple, isn't it? You come and you invite somebody, to have them sit with you. Shazam! They get saved. Man records a song in 1973. 1973 released in 1973. Millions of people are touched by it all because one woman invited him to church. I think the Lord loves stories like that. Yes. Amen. That's what this is all about. It's just having your mind renewed to, to what God is doing and, and uh, you know where he's headed, the times that you're living in, and knowing the nature of God. He's done nothing but good to you. He will never do anything but good to you. Turn to somebody and tell them, don't confuse the nature of the devil with the nature of your God. We like to build a God in our image. Amen? Inconsistent, (coughs) flaky, you never know what he's going to do. No. Uh, His word tells us what he will do and what he won't do. You're a covenant child of God. You can be sure of this. He's got good in store for you. I want you to read with me uh, through this uh, chapter. Say it with me. I'm going to remember... All his, all his benefits those blood-wrapped presents amen those love-wrapped gifts who forgives all your sins who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things that so your youth is renewed like the eagles the lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed he's made known his way to moses his deed to the people of israel the lord is compassionate and gracious Slow to anger, abounded in love. He will not always accuse. Nor really harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Could I have a good amen tonight? Amen. Mm-hmm. Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so has He removed our transgressions from us. Amen? amen. Glory to God. As the Father has compassion on His children, so the Lord has compassion on those who who fear Him. I want you just to write these down because if you don't know what the gifts are, it's hard for you to believe and press for them. Number one, He forgives all your sins. How many? Is there an unpardonable sin? Yes. Is there? Yes. Uh, I can promise you this, none of you have committed that sin. Pastor, how can you be so bold and say that? Because the last place you want to be is here tonight listening to me with all these crazy people. If you committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So anything else you have done is not in the category of unforgivable. You just need to do what? Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now, you know, you need to be unwrapping that every time you need it. It is blood-wrapped and love-wrapped for you. Um, should you be you know, getting victory over certain things as you progress? Yes, but you're not going to get to the point where you're completely glorified until that end time. And now that's not a promise to you it's you have to sin the scripture makes it plain we don't have to. What does a Christian do that's been called and made righteous by God? They choose to sin. y'all remember before you got saved, you had no choice. That was your nature. You were going to sin no matter how much you fought it. Now you're in the other position of being tempted and having to choose to sin. Nothing is making you. This whole business, the devil made me do it. No, you chose to do it. You chose to sin. Now choose to repent of that and move on victoriously in your life. He heals all your diseases. Matthew appropriated his, his teaching in this scripture from Isaiah He himself bore our sicknesses and carried our infirmities when he was talking about how Jesus healed so many in that narrative. In other words, both Peter and Matthew took Isaiah's scripture and applied it to physical healing. Say it will be physical healing is in the atonement. I'm going to go with what Peter says and what Matthew says over contemporary reformist theologians. It's what the Bible says, and when somebody defines it or applies it like that, it's clear that in the mind of God, healing is included in the blood of Jesus. So when you need a touch of God, when you need divine healing, when you need divine health restored, when you need divine sustenance, you know, in your life, you need to be sustained by Him. You need to unwrap that. We're going to talk about how to unwrap them in a little bit, but you need to be aware that you first need to know that these things are available to you, and it's God's will. Why? Because it was blood bought. Amen. There are some people that believe today that it's just forgiveness of sins and going to heaven. God doesn't care about the rest of that stuff. All I can tell you is He died for us, body, soul, and spirit. God's got a plan for everybody in this building. I said God's got a plan for everybody in this building. He wants to use you. And a big part of why He produces you know healing and deliverance and sustains you with health and healing and wholeness so you can do the things you're assigned to do. Does that make sense? At some point in time, Christopherson was supposed to write that song and sing it. Aren't you glad he was alive to do it? You know, a lot of people never reach what they're called to do because they're not sustained long enough. But the believer needs to know how to believe God to sustain that health and that life. And can I tell you something? God's been working in you all the days of your life. There's not a person in this room that's been sicker more than they've been healthy in this life. Selah. Say it with me, I have been healthier than not all the days of my life. Is that an accident? No, that's the grace of God. Again, something that people who don't serve Him don't realize or thank Him for. Amen. Say it with me, I am healthy because of the Lord's grace. But when you get into a place where you need physical restoration, it is provided in that blood. Amen. Praise God. Number three, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns you. That means he covers you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That means he he elevates your estate or your condition or your position. If you want to understand this particular gift, everybody say, yay. Imagine you open up this big box and it says, God says, I'm going to do for you what I did for Mephibosheth. You're just going to shove it back under the tree. Now, you know, what God did for Mephibosheth is amazing. Yeah. God sought him out through David, restored him to his table, gave him back all of his lands, had them farming the lands so he would be prosperous from that. He was always going to sit at the king's table. That enduring station from, you know, living in Lodabar, the land of not enough, of frustration, a pastureless place, to opening up that gift and realizing that your God has permanently changed your station through His covenant, kindness or has said I think I'm going to open that one Amen say it with me open it up and God says what I did for Mephibosheth I'm going to do it for you I'm sorry but you're a nut if you don't open up these presents <laughs> religion robbed you of these amazing things I just want to play with the boxes. (laughs) Number four, he redeems your life from destruction. Literally, redeems you from the pit. He reverses destruction that you experience in this life and even destruction that you caused. Push out the false teaching that says, you deserve this, you have it coming. We all have things coming. Thank God, through the mercy of God, we're not going to get it. He redeems your life from the pit. means things that have caused destruction, even choices you have made, He's able to redeem. Now watch this. That word redeem ties back to the shedding of blood. There is no what? Remission of sins. There is no redemption without that blood. This is another blood-wrapped, love-wrapped gift for you. Say it with me, blood-wrapped, love-wrapped gift. It is, in fact, the ability for God to restore you when you fall into a pit. And how many of you know sometimes in that pit are some very terrible things? How many of you heard the story of the drunk that was going through the graveyard? The brother Osteen used to tell. The guy used to get drunk every night, and he cut through the graveyard, and uh, he would just, you know, sing his songs and he'd stumbling, bumming, and fumbling. and one night he didn't know it, but they had dug a grave for a funeral the next morning. And so when he walked to that same place in the graveyard, he fell. Into the grave, and he jumped, and he clawed, and he jumped, and he clawed, and he jumped, into Claude, and he clawed, and he said to himself, "You know what? I can't get out." He like, talked to himself, "I can't get out." He he just couldn't get out of that that particular grave. And then from the corner he heard these words, "Hello." He got out. Um, Brother Oster used to talk about how big is your want to. Well, how can you develop a want to for something you don't even know is God's will? They can't. Amen. They can do it for Mephibosheth. They can do it for you. I've just caused too much destruction. Listen, you're not more powerful than God. I've caused so much destruction that God can't possibly redeem me. Too late. He's already done it for people far worse than you. But at some point in time, you open up your eyes and say, you know what, I think I need to get with God now and start living this life right. I need to serve God and walk with God and do this the right way and start walking in my Deliverance. Any kind of addiction, any kind of bondage, is no match for the blood. No matter what you can think of, there's nothing more powerful than the blood of the Lamb to set you free. See him. He forgives. He heals. He crowns. He redeems. He satisfies your mouth with good things. That your youth is renewed like the eagle. Amen. He's the one that gives you the spiritual food and the physical food to be strengthened. Now, this does not mean that your wings are just made strong. Watch this. I'm just wore out. I'm just plum tuckered out. I'm I'm tired. I'm burned out. I'm this, I'm that. The implication here from the scripture is that uh, you never tire out when you're eating properly. Tradition, we're up, we're down, we're up. We're down, we're in, we're out, we're excited, we're not, we're on fire, we're cold, we're with God, we're not, we're victorious, we're defeated, we're full of joy, we're depressed. That's not how God has called us to live as people of God. You're supposed to be strengthening your wings permanently. And the only way for that to happen is for you to take care of yourself physically, mentally and emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually. As the spirit man goes, so goes the rest of your life. Amen. Remember what you've been taught here that you're not depressed because feelings just come on you. Feelings are a result of what you have been thinking, what you have been meditating upon. And the only way you're going to change the meditation is change what you've been putting on the inside, your time in God's Word, your time under His Word. That's why time under the Word like this is never wasted. This is an investment in your health. Amen. How's that for a slogan? Come to Hope Harbor. Make an investment in your mental, spiritual, physical, and and, and emotional health. Hallelujah. It's for one problem. There are a lot of people out there that say God doesn't care anything about your emotional or mental or health areas of the soul. Yes, he does. Does he care about people hurting? Yes, he does. It's not just the spiritual need. It's every other dimension that he died for. You don't want to leave that one unwrapped. Amen? And you say, well, what about the physical part? This one says, eat this one. This one says, don't eat that. This one says, eat fat substances. Don't eat fats. Eat sugar, don't eat sugar. (laughs) Eat sugar substitutes, don't eat sugar substitutes. Eat meat, don't eat meat. There are some of these people about to get us down to a place where there's nothing to eat. Just drink water and pray in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) But there is one person that made you. That's right. Huh? He knows how to fill your mouth with good things. You just need to listen to Him. Now, Pastor, can I listen to Him after Christmas? <laughs> can we like take a break? <laughs> no, it's not, about, it's not about the things you eat as much as it is about the moderation that you need to be developing in your life and listening to what He tells you. There's some things as, as a human being you should not be eating, not because it's the latest fad, Amen? Do you know that it's a good thing the people in Israel did not have gluten issues so they never would have gotten out of the wilderness? And yet everybody today seems like has an issue. And some people really do. They should pay attention to their own body. But what happens is people say, you know what, that's my problem. I'll start doing it that way. Or they hear somebody over here saying, why don't you just go to the Lord and ask Him, what should I be partaking of? And what should I not be partaking of? Is he Lord? Then he should be Lord over your plate. And more importantly, Lord over your mouth. Amen. Amen. And it's not just the food. It's also the things you put in your mouth that you say. You need to speak health and speak life. You need to be a fountain of life for yourself and a fountain of life for other people. People come into your presence, they should leave encouraged. Not, Not suicidal. I said, when they come across you, they, oh, praise the Lord, zippity do not. Where have you been? Oh, I was over at so-and-so. And they started sowing the word of God and talking about the good things of God, what God has done in their lives, and I'm just so excited. Not walking away. Well, I guess that's the end. Now, you want to be the kind that inspires and encourages people yeah, having good things in your mouth and through your mouth. Anybody can be negative, pessimistic, critical. Amen. We need more people that are fountains of life. Say, I'm a, I'm a fountain of life. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Number six, he exacts or works righteousness in judgment for you against oppressors. In other words, he works vindication. Psalm 35, contend, Lord, with those that contend with me. This is a promise for you that God will take care of the people that are messing with you. Yes, he will. As long as you don't mess within yourself. Okay. <laughs> That's the temptation help God out. Jesse Duplantis says, Lord, you said vengeance is mine. He said, but you take too long. (laughs) And sometimes it seems that way. I'm I'm honest with you tonight. I've I've dealt with some people in 30, you know, it's 34 years now, full-time ministry. I believe that most of them here. But I've dealt with some people. I'm like, I'm just amazed that they're still above the ground. I really am. What is that called? The mercy and the grace of God. But there is coming a day that if people continue to damage and hurt and harm Jesus and his church, he will not always just sit back and say, that's fine. No, it will come to a head sooner or later. But it's not your job. Just love people. Come on, say it with me. People are going to do. Come on, everybody. People are going to do what they're going to do. And you know it's true. Amen. My sister's working on her book, People are Crazy and God is Good. That's the title. Amen. And some, no, you know it's true. Sometimes you're the crazy one. Sometimes you're not having the best of the day. Moving right along, hallelujah. But this scripture is a benefit of God. You need God to take care of something, it's there. He will bring vindication he will bring things to account. He'll deal with this situation if you'll let him do it. Now, if he tells you what to do, then do it. Yes. Uh, my favorite story is from Brother Puckett. I've told this many times, and apparently, somebody tonight needs to hear it again. I recently shared this with with a colleague of mine in the ministry, and. Uh, I don't know if he got the message or not, but I, sh- I just felt impressed to share it with him. And somebody had a, a big to-do over in Mayfield one time, and they just they came to the pastor and said, you need to take care of this. You need to handle this. You need to do something about this. You're the pastor, and this is not right. And he said, well, I'm your pastor. Will you trust me to take care of this? Yeah, but somebody needs to take care of this situation. This is horrible. This is terrible. This shouldn't happen. Somebody needs to take care of this. Will you trust me? to take care of this. we you trust me to do what I feel the Lord wants me to do about this? Yeah, but somebody needs to take care of this. And he said again, I'm your pastor. I love you. Will you trust me to take care of it? And finally, the guy relented. You know, begrudgingly, he walked out the door. And by now, I'm literally sitting on the edge of my seat over there in Mayfield, asking Brother Pucker, I said, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? He said, absolutely nothing. He yeah. just because that's what the Lord told me to do. Yeah. And he looked at me with great compassion and he was talking to a very young minister forming a a minister's mindset he said it's not what happens that does all the damage in life it's how we respond to it you can write that down and take that to the bank that's exactly where so much of our devastation comes from did you like what happened no was it good what happened no but oftentimes we just make it ten thousand times worse by trying to get in there and fix it ourselves now if he tells you to do something or say something then by all means, you need to do what God tells you to do. But oftentimes, it's the same message God gave Brother Puckett. Leave it alone. What do you know? Because oftentimes, you know, you put some gas in on a situation. What does the word say? If you start putting wood in a fire, what's going to happen to it? It's going to go out. If you put it on there, it's going to keep you know, burning. Take it off. It's not going to burn anymore. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, God could take care of it. God take care of it. Is God good at that? Did God deal with Saul? Did he not? Yes, he did. Was David persecuted? Yes. What did David do? Absolutely nothing until he found out Saul was nearby. He went over there and he cut just a snippet of his garment off. And what happened to David? Uh, Watch the contrast here. This other man is a murderer, amen, conjuring up spirits from the dead, lying to the prophet's face repeatedly when he confronted him. This man has seeming no conscience. And here's David just snips off a little bit of this man's cloak and he falls into great conviction. Why? Because you do not touch God's anointed. Today, they're not doing it with little knives on pieces of garment on the king. They're doing it with the sword of their mouth. Don't do it. Turn us by and tell them. Don't put your mouth on God's servants. And that's not just for the fivefold ministers. Don't put your mouth on other believers. They're not your servants. It's the most dangerous thing you can do. You want to accelerate your termination date in this planet? Keep putting your mouth on the servants of God. What did David do? He repents of that situation. Just that little bitty act. Little bitty, tiny act of dishonor and aggression. Amen? There's a lesson for that for you and for me. When You and I even say the slightest thing off color or wrong or gossipy or slanderous. Amen? Or tail-bearing or unproductive or unloving. The Ephesians 4 test, you know, build up or what? Shut up. We should be just like that. Just a little bitty corner, just a little bitty word, just a little bitty thing I did. We should come into that level of conviction. That's be that will, will be more healthy in the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. He exacts righteousness and judgment. Look at somebody and say, you don't. Next, he gives you grace and mercy in times of need. What a wonderful promise that is. So God has taken us out a of bar, but how many know sometimes there's still issues. And what does he do? There's grace and there's mercy when you have need. I don't know about you, but I want to unwrap all them blood-wrapped and love-wrapped Amen. presents. You know, this week, you may need this one. You may blow it. You need to unwrap that in forgiveness. You may have a battle physically you know, next year. You need to unwrap that one. Amen. Somebody's tormenting you, messing with me. You. you need to unwrap that one. Sometimes you have an unexpected financial crisis or need. You need God's mercy and grace at that moment. Amen. You apply to them. And I'm not the one that said, don't forget them. The scripture says... Don't forget them. Turn to somebody and tell them, don't forget them. Don't forget them. Say again. Say, don't forget, don't forget them. So just four simple principles tonight for you. To unwrap your Christmas gifts, to unwrap your gifts that the anointed one by his appearing and death and resurrection have provided for you. Say it with me. They are blood-wrapped. blood-wrapped. They're love-wrapped. Blood-wrapped. And they're mine. You know what happens? You go into a tree and there's a tag there with your name on it. <laughs> that gives you permission to what? Open that prison. Your name's on every one of these. Amen. There's a there's a there's that healing box. It's got Ruth's name on it. And what do you do? You just kind of gingerly open it up, <laughs> take the bow off, and there's some mother screaming, "Save the paper! Save the paper! <laughs> save the bows!" <laughs> Is that what Kelly does? <laughs> save the boxes. We'll use them again. Do you know that uh, God can bless you so you don't have to save the boxes every year? Huh? Yeah. Do, do, do you know that God can empower you to buy some bowls you don't know, have to save the butter bowls to store things in? Do, do you know that God can bless you so you do not have to use a paper towel to stick it on the counter to dry to use it later? <laughs> yeah. I get up in the morning, get ready to go out, take the dogs out, and I leave, walk out, and there's this rat's nest sitting on our counter. And we go through this several times a week. She puts them on there, because I just wipe my hands with them, and I do something else with them. Like throw them away. <laughs> so if you want to bless Kelly with some Christmas gifts, just put, yeah, that's right, just some some. Paper towels, hallelujah. I'm in trouble now. Amen. I need to unwrap another present real quick. <laughs> Every once in a while, and so I have a lot of fun these days. You know, if I'm opening up something and there's a little bit of a mess, I'll intentionally use those. Amen. Just for fun. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, uh, hanging right out house for a couple hours, you crack up. I'm telling you what, dude. Never, ever boring. But, uh, you know, you, you do not need to save all the oleo old butter margarine bowls. I mean, some of y'all go in to get a bowl, you know, put it in, some, and, and you have this explosion coming out of your cupboard. Of the past 30 years of bowls you're saving. Say, <laughs> well, God can bless you with some bowls. Amen. And some paper towels. Yes, you can. Amen. Praise the Lord. Real quickly, number one, unwrap those gifts by knowing. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. One of the reasons we teach and preach and share is to let you know what he did for you, what's available to you. Somebody I should tell you here are just seven, right? Just seven blood-wrapped, love-wrapped gifts for you that He died for you meaning to have. Somebody needs to tell you they're available. You need to know these things. You know, a lot of us did not grow up with this kind of teaching or revelation. We didn't know these things. I didn't certainly know these things, but I tell you what, I get excited when I first heard about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. I get excited when I found out that He wrapped up a present called righteousness, blood-wrapped and love-wrapped, and gave it to me. He took my sin and gave me his righteousness. I received that revelation sitting under John Osteen's ministry. I'll never forget what it finally equipped for me. It's not about my perfection. It's about a gift that he gave me that actually empowers me towards being perfected. What a gift. Amen. Say it. Praise the Lord. If you're born again, you were given that gift. We should be excited about that. But we have to know. I never knew about that. I never knew about the baptism. I never even knew about the new birth, to be perfectly honest with you. Not until I almost graduated high school. Amen. I didn't know about the baptism. I didn't know about the gifts. I didn't know about a lot of things. You know, long time, how to actually walk by faith. The things we've talked about, the, the faith school, those principles, that's a culmination of years of studying these things. And now there's, some, there's a little bit of a handle on that. But when somebody used to say to me, uh, you know, I'm believing God for this, or I'm walking by faith, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're walking by faith, you got Jesus, and you're walking down the, down the hall, you know, with his hand in your hand, or something like that. What is that, walking walk by faith? Now I have some understanding, but I didn't. We need to know some things. We don't need more legalism and judgmentalism. We don't need more religion. We need what? We need the Word of God. We need revelation from the Word of God. That's how He builds His church on the rock of revealed knowledge. Number two, you unwrap them by believing. Believing what? They're yours. Believe that you receive them, and guess what will happen? This one scripture just always continues, just just fascinates me and just absolutely is is amazing. He said, ask anything in my name. Does that sound like he's concerned about you saying it's all about you? It seems to me it's his idea. Take him at his word. Ask anything in my name and what will happen? And you know it lines up with His Word. Lines up His Word and His will are one. You use that name. You pray in faith expecting you could see a lot of things in your life come into your life just because you asked. Turn to somebody and tell them ask anything in His name. Who said that? I mean there are people that act like that came out of Tulsa, Oklahoma or Texas somewhere by some weird ministry it came from the Lord's mouth. He's also the same one as if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could do what? Say to that mountain, be removed. And what would happen? If you believe in your heart, say with your mouth, you actually have to understand that believing is a big part. I could talk all day long and tell you he has provided these gifts, but if you don't believe, they're for you. Not just believe they exist for somebody else. Come on, say, I believe, they're for me. I came to the point, I believe the new birth was for me. I believe righteousness was for me. I believe the Holy Ghost was for me. I believe gifts in the Spirit were for me. I believe a purpose in our destiny was for me. When I needed I believe that healing was for me. The same night I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I got healed from something I've been dealing with for two years. And it's never been back. He's a restorer. He's a healer. But it's not just, yeah, I believe it's for Fred or for Frank, or for George or for Mary, or for that church, for those people over there, for that dispensation or for the early church. You can't think that way and receive these things. You have to say, you know what? Today, right now, they're for me. And I receive them by faith. Amen? You have to believe. Come on, say it. I have to know. And have to believe. Number three is I have to confess that I have them. The same way you got saved is the same way that you unwrap all the other gifts. Say it when they're blood-wrapped. And they're love-wrapped. And you unwrap them the same way you got saved. Well, how did you get saved? You believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, amen, in your heart. And you said with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Yes. Now, that didn't seem like a big deal to you maybe at the time, but it was cataclysmic in the realm of eternity. Yes. You went from, light, from darkness to light, from death to life, from defeat to victory, amen, from, term, from turmoil to peace from sin and darkness to his light and his goodness, all by believing something and then saying something, which tells you and me that believing it in the heart is not enough. You have to say it. I can't say it for you. So you have to know what's yours. You have to believe it's not just somebody else's, and then you have to be serious enough about it to go around saying it. You know what? I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am the healed of God in Jesus' name. Amen. I am delivered from every pit of destruction in Jesus' name. My mouth is filled with good things, so I rise up. Amen. Not tiring and then getting restored, tiring and getting restored, but it's you know a plane of staying strong in God over the years. Amen. God is my contender. I don't need to get in His way. Amen. God will take care of that kind of thing. When I have a need, God is my provider. His grace and His mercy is for me. Hallelujah. What he did for Mephibosheth, he's doing for me in Jesus' name. He's no respecter of persons. Come on, shout it out. He is no respecter of persons. Do you believe that tonight? So you do the same thing. You believe in your heart about that particular gift, and then you say it with your mouth. You need him to do some contending, and you say it with your mouth. Lord, i roll that over on you. That's not where you go with the praying. God, sick them. Here's their name. Go get them. I know where they're going to be, when they're going to be there, and go get them. Sick them. Amen. No, you say, you know what? I am asking you to take care of this situation. I'm rolling the caravan. That is one of my gifts, and I thank you, Lord, that while I'm doing your business, you're going to take care of this situation. In other words, you're going to do what Brother Pekka said. I'll handle it the way I'm, I want to handle it. Your job is just to stay in faith and believe him. Amen. Say it with me. I unwrap them by knowing, by believing, by confessing, and then by praising. Not after the gift is open, before the gift is open. You praise Him for every one of these. You praise Him and don't stop praising Him that you're born again. The greatest miracle you'll ever experience in your entire existence is going from death to life being born again. Praise Him for the healing before it shows up. Praise Him for the provision before it shows up. Praise Him for the deliverance before it shows up. Praise Him for taking care of those hard situations before He ever does. Why? Because you can also praise Him because He's already done all those things. Amen? It's not new. You're putting yourself in a position of gratitude for what He has done. Amen? And developing and seeing these things come to pass in your future. It's knowing, believing, it's confessing and it's praising and just start all over again. Make it a cycle of your life. We don't know everything right now. You and I only know just a smidgen of what's ours. I am telling you that when we get up there, we're going to be shocked at what we left on that table or underneath that Christmas tree or at the foot of the cross. Blood wrapped, love wrapped, we just didn't dig in enough or we paid attention to the wrong voices. Amen. We'll let some unbelief get in there. We'll let some bad experience sour us. Whatever the case may be, don't do that. Just go back to the Word of God and just say, you know what, Holy Ghost, reveal to me what I should be expecting, what I should be believing for. I'm going to know. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to declare it. And I'm going to praise God for it. Come on, say, I'm going to know it. I'm going to believe it. it. I'm going to declare it. I'm gonna and I'm going to praise God for it. Come on, let's praise Him right now, amen? Let's praise Him for it. Let's thank Him for it. We bless Your holy name, Lord. We thank You, Father, for Your goodness. Thank You for Your mighty gifts. Thank You for what You have done for us, Lord. Thank You for the provision. Thank You for the miracles. Thank You for the healing. Lord, thank You for the forgiveness. Thank You, Lord Jesus. You've taken us all out of Lodabar, and You continue to restore us, Lord. You called us to sit at Your table. You want us, Lord, to enjoy that banquet fair, not for a day, but for all eternity. Lord, it really was, you know, you had us on your heart. That's why you came, Lord. This is to help him restore us. You're already perfect. You're already complete. You need nothing of us. We need everything of you. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness today. Minister the truth to your servants, Lord Jesus. Father, teach them your ways. Show them your truth. Show them what you died for to provide for them. Lord, put it in their heart to believe it's not just possible for others, but it's for them, Father. Let them become bold in their confession. Bold to say what the Word says about that promise. And Lord, loose their tongues so they can praise you like they never have before. Praising you for everything you've already done. Praising you for what's yet to come. Father, we bless and honor and praise you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now come on and say it. I'm going to unwrap every one of them. Y'all remember when you were little and your parents said you could go? What did you do? Yeah, I'll open that one up about an hour from now. <laughs> you kind of shake it a little bit and set it down. What did you do? You made a mess and there's your mom or dad trying to pick up all the paper Huh? I mean, you didn't waste any time at all. But can I tell you sister, Some of you are way past due for opening up the gifts of God died that you could have. Amen? Open them up. Enjoy them. <laughs> don't settle for less than is best in your life. You say, how do we do that? The Bible tells us to work out our own salvation yeah. with fear and trembling. Nobody can do it for you. Amen? But as long as you're not a quitter and you don't give up you'll see these things manifested in your life. He's got good things in store for you. He's got favor and open doors and opportunities for you. Amen. Divine connections and appointments. You just can't see it. It's probably best that we can't see it. You know what your job is? Just stay on the path that he has you on. Keep believing. Just stay on that path and watch what will happen? And one day... You're round the bend, and there'll be one of those gifts. You're round the bend, and there's another one of those. You say yourself, You know what? God had this already planned. Yes, He does, from the foundation of the world. They're there. So if you're the devil, what you want to do is you want to holler and scream at people to get off that path, off the path of faith, off of a love walk, and heaven. An amen. Once you do that, you can forget it. All bets are off. Once you come in. To being vindictive and spiteful and belligerent and hateful you can forget about any of these things working in your life so all he does nonstop is just try to entice you off the path get you out of love because even he's smart enough to know about the wonderful things that are on that path see how would he know that because he walked that life one time the gifts of the fallen angel were extraordinary The abilities that he had, the concessions he had, the grants that he had from heaven itself wasn't enough for him. He wanted to what? He wanted God's throne. Amen. He knows exactly how wonderful God could make your life because he knows how wonderful God made him. Now that's going to hit some of you at two o'clock in the morning. You're going to wake up, sit up in bed and shout. The devil knows how wonderful God's plan is for you because he knows how wonderful God's plan was for him. Now think about it for a minute. Would he have a great plan for the devil and leave you out? A blood-washed, born-again, spirit-filled believer, he going to leave you out? No. You just keep trodding on, amen, and keep moving forward. Glory to God. Give him a big hand clap and you can receive that.